Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. As you see today, I changed up my editions a little bit. I was having a lot of fun with the mom edition, and believe me, I have more that I'm going to do. I have one titled in my phone right now called Leave My Kids Alone. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do more mom editions, but I really felt like, you know what? Let's switch it up a little bit. Let's do some wife editions. And Sometimes these additions will sting a little bit because, you know, of course, we all want to feel like we're right about everything or uh, our husbands need to change and we don't need to change. We're the ones that don't need to change and we're supposed to do it this way and they're supposed to be a certain way. But really, from a biblical standpoint, I wanted to talk about respect today. It's something we all work on. Super transparent here. Hey, just like I have to pray for daily patience, I have to constantly make sure I'm working in complete respect for my husband. And it, 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 it doesn't always come easy. The Word of God helps 110%. So, I mean, I feel bad for people who try to have marriages without it basing it on the foundation of the Word of God. But we have, um, as Christians, we have a, a particular way that we must conduct ourselves as wives. So if you're a wife, <coughs> you know, this is a great uh, broadcast podcast whenever you listen to it for you. But also if you are soon to be or you're not in that position yet, you're single and you're saying, I, I want to be a wife. I'm waiting for the right one. This is still for you because it, let me tell you, it's so great to learn things before than when you're in the middle of it and there's like crisis mode or, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you want to have it ready to go because a lot of times we don't do any kind of introspective look. We always say someone else needs to change. Somebody else is wrong. There's no way that I'm wrong. And a lot of it, you know, men and women are just built differently. They're just built differently. That's, that it, 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 you can't change that. It, we're built differently. And so um, starting off with Ephesians 4.32, actually I'll start with 31. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. So I believe that one of the number one things the enemy tries uh, and wants to break up are marriages, because that's where it all starts. That's where it starts, okay? The unity, the two becoming one, like it says in Genesis, that's where it um, starts. And so the enemy knows that there's strength in numbers, right? There's strength in unity, and so he wants to get, because the man, whether we grew up this way, whether we like it or not, women, the man is the head of the home. The man is the head of the home. You will never be. Now, I know that there could be single 
um, moms that are watching and they no longer have that spouse to depend on and you're stepping in and taking that role. But I'm referring to a man and a woman married, you will never be the head of the home. So when you try to work that way, when you try to be the boss, when you try to take over, when you try to be the one that's the strong-headed one, and it, it, the relationship will never work. There's no way for you to figure out how to make that work because that's not the way God created it to operate. And all of a sudden, you're not going to come in and change everything that God has mentioned in the Bible about marriage. So we need to step back and we need to step down and we need to talk a little bit about honor and respect to our husbands. And it's something we have to constantly work at. It's not like we get to a place where we're like, okay, I got it. So yeah, I got it today, but tomorrow an occasion could arise. Words could be said. Uh, something happens where an offense sets in. And um, am I bothering my mic? What is it hitting? It's hitting my jacket? My jacket's not even in there. Maybe if I put it on my jacket, would that be better? Hold on, ladies. Thumbs up from the back. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Gina, this is even if they aren't a believer, because the Bible does mention that, that our lives will be a witness. Our speech, our love, how we conduct ourselves will be a witness of our Heavenly Father because we are made in His image and we're representing Christ to everyone, not just the unsaved. We're representing Christ even to the people who are saved and the unsaved. So it's a representation of how we're going to be. So the enemy knows there's strength behind the unity and there's nothing greater than a marriage because we're becoming one. So then you produce, you know, your offspring. And that's another opportunity for strength in numbers. Because the Bible talks about having a quiver. It's like arrows makes, makes a father proud. They're going to be mighty warriors. So I mean a good, godly family the devil hates. The devil will look at you and despise your very being. And so... When we talk about respect today, let's step back for a moment and be like, you know what? That is something I can work on more. That's something I can pray for more. You know, I, 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 we all, have, like I'm saying, like I, I'm not some super spiritual person that doesn't have to work on everything. I have to work on stuff daily, daily, like patience and not getting upset or not walking in a fence. We all have every single day a point in our day where we have the choice to walk in a fence, to be upset, to snap back, to say something we don't want to say. <clears throat> and as soon as it comes out of our mouth, even though we can ask for forgiveness, the words are already out and they can never be taken back. So yes, forgiveness is wonderful. Yes, you're required to forgive. But once words are said, it's still seeds. See, our words are seeds. See, see what I'm saying? Like when you picture it that way, our words are seeds. And what we say 
waters them. And so when we take these seeds, and even though they're out there, they're still planted in the back of people's minds, and then they have to work hard at making sure they're forgiving you and not letting offense set in. So the best thing is to just zip our lips to begin with. But we're going to talk about respect today. Respect. So the enemy wants to creep in at any given moment. And, hey, Brooke, hey, Jenna, hey, Regina. I have to look at Facebook on my phone. And, um, and, and take marriages out. And you know what? We're going to be bigger. We're going to be better than the enemy. We're not going to fall prey to that. And I'm not saying that when I say that, like, we need to step back and also work on ourselves. I'm not saying that our husbands never have to change in anything. But let's not take so much energy in trying to change him. Let the Holy Spirit, the true change is going to happen when the Holy Spirit infiltrates their life and prompts them to change that and and well and while the process is happening we are to walk in respect and to love towards our husbands all right um uh, if you're feeling frustrated in your marriage we're going to pray about it we'll pray about it at the end there's there's always frustrations that we we go through we have, like I said, ask the Lord to help help with respecting your husband. Start respecting your husband with words and actions. You know, uh, words and actions. Words and actions. I'm having this talk with Brooklyn right now in school. I homeschool her. And I have to get on her about a few things lately. And she'll say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. With her little lip patted out. And I said, Brooklyn, I've heard that before. And although you're saying the right answer by saying, yes, ma'am, and although you're looking at me in a green, I said, your actions have to follow up your words. You're saying yes, so I need to see you start acting that way. Start doing what I'm talking to you about. Because you can say everything you want, but if you're not going to act on that's like faith. Faith is an action word. You could say all day long, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. Faith, 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 faith. But if there's, there's no action behind it. There's no believing. There's no action steps to your faith. I'm going to question, like, do you really have faith? I'm not really sure. It's like you're more just saying it. There's no action steps. Okay. So, and, and we know some transformations don't always happen overnight, right? But by your words and your actions, you'll start seeing results that you like. When you come at somebody with respect and love, I'm telling you, an immediate barrier starts to break down. Now, some might be thicker than others, but there, any type of wall starts to break down. I mean, I, I work hard when I go to stores because People, especially nowadays, are so on edge and so mean because we've been programmed for two years. Don't touch anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Don't do anything. So smiles and asking people how their day are is becoming less and less unheard of because we're, we're being trained to not be friendly. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. We're, we're just being trained to be like that. Everyone's easy 
to be on a fence. Everyone's easy to be on edge. Everyone's ready to snap at everybody. But I'm constantly, I compliment people's nails and I'm like, you know, like the other day it was like complete silence. The lady just kind of said hi a little bit doing my groceries and I'm standing there and I was like, how's your day today? Are you doing good? And she just like looked up and was like, you care about my day? And you could see her countenance change. She lightened up. She answered me. Then she asked how my day was. And we started a conversation. And so take those qualities and do that within your own marriage. We have to break down these barriers. We have to break them down. What does respecting your husband cultivate? To cultivate means to grow. Our marriage is built on a foundation. What's the foundation? The Word of God. We have a foundation that we're starting. <clears throat> I will tell you, when I first got married, you know, I have such a wonderful dad. I have, he, he's just my favorite. I have such a wonderful father. And that's all I saw growing up. So here I go from that to getting married, right? So here I have all these preconceived ideas <laughs> of what husbands do because my dad is like, his love language is acts of service. So he, like, he just had my kids for two days and I came home to so many things done. He's like, oh, I saw this was wrong, so I fixed this. You were missing a light bulb in your microwave, so I ran over and put a light bulb in. Like all these little things, that, and that's my dad's way of taking care of me. And that's his way of saying, I love you so much. I'm going to do these, these things for you. So, you know, acts of service that way was something I saw growing up. And that's how my dad was. And so when I got married... I was like, um, Ted, are you going to go mow the yard this week? <laughs> Let me tell you, we painted our mat. Our master bathroom in our Virginia house is not, was not huge, but it also <laughs> caused a big fight <laughs> because that I just, you know, uh, wasn't Ted like automatically supposed to know how to paint like and not get it everywhere? That's like my dad. My dad did everything. My dad was the lawn service. My dad was the construction worker around the house. My dad repaired everything. Now, when I got older and wiser and realized that's not the only thing that men can do, <laughs> And my dad always provided for the family. You know, so Ted is the opposite. He provides for the family, but he does not mow the yard. And he does not weed whack like my dad weed whacks. And I could never figure out why we never had an edged yard because I wanted an edged yard. See, these are the things when you get married that I'm telling you that cause unnecessary fights because I have a preconceived idea what a husband is supposed to do and a man around the house. And so I had a, a, an awakening of marriage. So for you who are watching that are going into marriage or maybe not married yet, 
we're, we're gonna cultivate. You need to learn how to cultivate, how to grow something, make a foundation there. Because we get these preconceived ideas and I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know how to repair a garbage disposal. What? You don't know how to fix the plumbing behind the toilet? You know, that's how, <laughs> that's how we can get. And many of you know how wonderful Ted is. It just had to be a switch in my mind that everybody has different gifts and talents and we don't need to have this preconceived idea because at the beginning, my, my respect was obnoxious. It really was. Like I was this 23-year-old girl who thought, this is how a marriage is supposed to be. Why are you not doing this? Can't you do this? And it was, I was a nag and I was annoying and I look back and God bless Ted for loving me so much. And you know, I, I, we get upset and I would stomp off to my room and shut the door and not talking to you, take that silent treatment. Not talking, I, when I feel like talking to you, Ted, I'll talk to you. When I feel like coming out of my room, you know, and I didn't have my big girl pants on then. I did not know, obviously, what the word of God said about respecting and honoring the, the man of the house. So that, that's what you're saying. There is a man of the house, and that's your husband. He's the head of your home, and <laughs> Ted said, start feeling it. Um, aren't you at lunch, Ted? Aren't you supposed to be like eating lunch? I'm really offended because you didn't take me to lunch today and I had to come to the studio. No, I'm just kidding. And, you know, and, and we're the neck. It, it, it works together. It works together, but there's proper order in the way. <laughs> I love you too, Ted. In the way you are to have a marriage. I've had plenty of girls try to change it up and it's never, ever gonna work. You can't change the order of the way God created something to be. You can't change, you cannot change creation. You can't, you can't do it. All right, so what does respecting your husband cultivate or to grow? Just like in a garden, you cultivate the land, right? If you looked up the word, uh, to cultivate, or I don't even know if cultivation is a word, but to cultivate, it's like to prep the land for being able to start seeding something, to start growing something. And so what are we gonna do? What does respect? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna show you just uh, a couple things of what does respecting your husband cultivate, and then we're gonna go, um, and I wrote down 10 practical ways to show respect. Um, all right. Respecting uh, your husband creates trust. It creates trust. We know that trust is a sure foundation. It's like, uh, um, like the bedrock, the bedrock of, of the marriage, trust. When there's complete trust, you get that by respecting your husband. You have no doubt he's the leader. He's gonna lead properly. There is um, a, a type of respect that, that creates a trust. I mean, I, I don't know really how else to, else to put it, is it's a foundation that puts him up here and you're right here. Doesn't mean you're less. That, this whole feminine 
movement makes me want to throw up because yes, women can be strong. Yes, we can have careers. Yes, we're smart. Yes, we can do it, you know. But it, we start pushing ourselves above the man. We start pushing ourselves above the man. And that's where the respect starts to lack and the respect starts to uh, change a marriage. It starts uh, conflicts, it starts fights, it starts offense, things are said, it starts roots. And when roots grow and roots get deep, there's a lot of work to dig out of that. Like I said, words when they come out, they're said. Um, respect um, can cultivate leadership. It can cultivate leadership. Respect um, acknowledges, respect shows them that they have the ability to lead. It, husbands want to be the leader. I don't care if they're more of a passive man. A husband wants to know that they are your superhero. A husband wants to know that they are your everything. A husband wants to know that they're the ones that you go to them for whatever they need. Respect will cultivate leadership. And like I said before, don't let this feminine mentality overtake in your life. We are not equal to our husbands. They are the head. I like to look at it as the neck. They both need to be used together, but there is one over the other. There is one over the other. Um, and we have to trust our husbands in our lives that they're true leaders that God created them to be. Society loves to tell you different. Society is the opposite of the word of God. Have we like found like that common ground here? Like society likes to tell you the opposite of the way word of God. You know, society will tell you to get a divorce quickly. All right, didn't work out. Sign a piece of paper, run, get out quick. That's not, that's not the way the word of God instructs us to handle a marriage. The word of God is not like, as soon as something gets a little tight, run for it, pack your bags and leave for it. No, there's no, there's no plan for divorce in, in a biblical marriage. Yes, I understand it happens. Yes, there are uh, husbands in situations where women are, are in danger and they have to leave, that's fine. But that is not a go-to. Society says that's a go-to. Society will even tell you, forget marriage and just live together and let that just be how marriage looks. And when things get, a, you know, he didn't treat me right. He didn't talk to me right. I'm out of here. I'm giving him the cold shoulder. I'm out. And so we have to make sure that um, we're able to take a step back and trust our husbands as true leaders God created them to be. As true leaders, God created them to be. You know, I love Colossians 3.13 because it has gotten me through 16 wonderful years of marriage. <laughs> it has gotten me through 16 wonderful years of marriage because it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Make room for each other's faults. 
There are things, so just like when I first got married, there are things in life that I thought was one way supposed to be, but I had to form a unity with Ted. This was now my marriage. I couldn't be bringing in the ways of my parents into this marriage. I was starting fresh and anew, being made one by God to start it. So I had to make room for things. We all grew up in families where we have that atmosphere, that family environment molded us and made us. But at the end of the day, what we were molded and made into and what we believe, we have to back it up with the word of God. Does it line up with the word of God? If not, if there's something there that I uh, grew up a certain way and I, I'm not saying my family, I'm just giving an example. Like you saw your parents talk to each other a certain way their whole life. Now is that, does, does the way they talk to each other, is that the way you're supposed to talk to each other? Does the Bible talk about that? Sure, it says to be kind to everyone. It says to not talk in anger. There's a nine fruit of the spirit that are listed that we are to live by. So we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit soften our edges, the Holy Spirit to change our ways and say, listen, it's really hard to change, but if this is what lines me up with what the Word of God says on how to be a Proverbs 31 wife, then this is what I need to do. I don't always have to speak my mind. I don't always have to give him my every thought and let it roll off my tongue. Have some self-control, Carolyn. <laughs> have some self-control. And don't say everything that you're thinking. So these are things that I've had to talk myself to because of course there's there's certain situations and things said now there might be something that said to you that was rude and your husband shouldn't have said it to you but in that moment you hold the power think of it i always know women are weak women are weak no we hold so much power we hold so much tone to our home by the way we react and say things in that moment i have a choice to make do I respond in the flesh with something that like, oh, this would be good. I'm going to give it to him good. <laughs> or, you know, the world will make you feel weak because if you get in an argument with your husband and he said something and you're like, I took it. I took it and I'm weak and I should have stood up for myself. There's a total difference there. If you're in a relationship that's obviously abusive, yes, because you teach people how to talk to you, teach people how to treat you. Yes, you deal with that. But I'm saying like just an example of, of like Ted and I, there, if there's things that have been said, someone is gonna have the power in the relationship there in that, in that certain situation to end it. I'm not gonna say what I feel that's my husband. I'm going to show him honor and respect. I don't agree with what he said to me. I don't like the Tony took. <coughs> but the word of God has instructed me to let it go. I'm telling you, Elsa had, she had it right there, girls. If you need to pop that song on in the house, let it go, let it go. <laughs> she had it. She had the wisdom. She had the brains, and that is what, and, and you're right, Gina, it's hard. 
It's hard. I'm not saying this stuff is easy. It's hard because like me, I'm, I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm a strong, like I'm, I'm more passive than Ted. He's very strong personality, but I'm strong. So when two strong people get together, we can be intense. Now, those days are long gone from when we first got married. Uh, the Lord has really worked on us and really helped us. And I don't do my pity parties anymore. And I don't do my stomping off and shutting the door and mad for the rest of the night and telling, you know, we're famous for telling our husbands everything's good. But then what? There's like an attitude, the cold shoulder, um, a little snippy in our tone. So really, it wasn't good, right? Like we, we told our husband a lie, to be honest with you. Like it wasn't good. You weren't over it. You weren't over it. And so that is not a sign of weakness. The world will tell you that's weakness to step back, to step down, to not say what's on your mind. But that's not. The Bible's telling you that's a sign of honor and respect to your husband. And that's where the blessings of God come on your marriage. When you operate that way, the blessings of God will pour out on the two of you. You'll have the best marriage you could ever have. You'll enjoy each other so much. You realize you need to work hard at your marriage all the time. One, in front of your kids, because this is their closest representation of what a marriage is going to be. You don't want them to grow up to have bad marriages and brats. No, this is their firsthand view of what a godly marriage is. And then two, your kids are going to be out of the house one day. They're not always going to be around. They're going to grow up. They're going to do their thing. They're going to start their family. And then what? You're going to look at your husband and or he's going to look at you and you guys are going to be in like roommate mode. Like, hi, how are you? I'm sorry. We never worked on our marriage for the last 20 years. But, you know, it's okay. You want to sleep? You can sleep in the guest room. I'll sleep in this room. I love you. It's just, you know, I, I prefer my privacy. And, you know, it's be like in the, the olden days where they had separate rooms. And they're like, hi, can I sleep with you tonight? <laughs> I mean, they did. Back then, they really did. A long time ago, they did. It doesn't work. And so respect uh, ignites courage in your husband. Respect will ignite courage in your husband. It, 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 if, when I mean like this, so if we like go to our husbands about something and then we still do what we want, he, he's going to be like, why did, she even, why did she even ask me? She's just going to do whatever she wants anyway. When you respect and you go to them and ask them their ideas, ask them to be involved, ask them, you know, pray with your husbands, agree with your husbands. Unity. Don't, don't live separate lives. Don't live separate lives. And so uh, when we don't listen to our husbands, your husbands can feel defeated and incapable of doing what we want. Our husbands want to be wanted. They want to be wanted in all areas. In sex, I've done a broadcast on that. Maybe I'll bring that back. They want to be wanted. They want to be included. 
They want to feel like they are the protector. They want to feel involved. And you think, oh no, my husband doesn't want to. I know his personality. Let me tell you, every man, every husband wants to feel that that way. They want to feel like they're the head. They want to feel, all right? Your respect, and I mentioned this just a minute ago, it, it models what it looks like for your children in the next generation. It shows you what a respected and respectable husband looks like, what a man should look like. You know, it's not just a good marriage that your kids are looking at. It's how you conduct yourself as a woman, how you conduct, you know, dads, how they conduct themselves as a man. Your children are, this is, I'm telling you, this is life's experiences is firsthand that your children are getting. How a marriage should look, how a woman should act, how a man should act. This is your kids' firsthand experience on what they're going to see and what they're going to want and what they're going to put up with and what they're going to be okay with and how they're going to act when they go off. Um, so our husbands, our husbands, um, I'm just going to go into the 10 practical ways to show respect to your husband because I was like listing things and I was like, mm, yep. You know, when you write down things, it's funny because I, when you write down things, you know, I don't just do these broadcasts just for you. Like all these broadcasts that I do, they build my faith. They encourage me to be a better woman. They encourage me to be a better woman of God. They encourage me to be a better wife, a better mom. Because I'm able to go through the word of God. I'm able to write things out. And I'm like, yes, yes, that is the way God created our marriage to be. I don't like that they say you can have, you know, when you get marriage, it's downhill. When you have kids, it's downhill. When you, you, your life is coming to an end, you can't have this, you can't have that, you can't have your cake and eat it too. My teaching has always been, yes, you can have your cake and you can have second and third and fourth slices, whatever you want, because that's the way the goodness of God operates that way for us. The righteous have favor on their life in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, the righteous have favor. So when you get married, you, you're not giving up your life. You're gaining life. You're becoming one. You're taking two and becoming one. When you have kids, you're not giving up your life. You are now the most valuable, wonderful teacher somebody could have. You now, when you have kids, are stepping into your purpose of the way God created you to be. Think of it that way. You know, people wander around, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do in life? I don't know. I Listen, he's going to give you many gifts and talents. But as a mom, you have stepped in your purpose when you got pregnant and you became a mom. And you have a sole mission to raise your kids in a godly environment. So when they get older, it won't depart. And then it goes down generation after generation after generation. Look at, look at all the Shuttlesworths that are preaching. Look at everyone that's out there. They got married. Now even the wives are doing something. Now the kids are doing something. I mean, I haven't pushed Maddie to do one thing ministry except read her Bible at home 
and she's got a, a scripture journal. I just make sure she's in the word of God, plus all the services she's in. But she got a, a, a request two weeks ago, an invite to speak at a chapel this morning in Canada for a church, for a homeschool group. I don't push her. You know, if God's calling her to do that, God will call her. I'm not calling her. God will call her. She's got to answer that call. But look, here it is. You've got the grandparents of the Shuttlesworths that started it. Then the four brothers, they got married, all in ministry. They started having kids. Not one kid is not in the ministry. Now the kids are having kids. So the great grandkids, they're stepping into ministry. I mean, there's something to say about that. That's how a generation, generation to generation, is supposed to go. All right, so 10 practical ways to show respect to your husband. One, speak well of your husband. Do not talk, do not talk to your friends about your husband in an ill way. That is such a low form of respect. It disgusts me. Do not call your husband a child. That irritates me to no end. I never go around saying, well, I've got four kids. I got four kids at home. To me, that is so disrespectful of your husband. He is not a child. He is not my son that's five years old. He is, he's not. He's not. How, how, why would you bring the head of the home down to a five-year-old level? Why on earth would I do that? That shows zero honor and zero respect. Always speak well of your husband. You might not always agree with something or, you know, the way he handled something or the way, but you don't, you never talk to someone else and speak ill to shed a, a different light on him. Never. He's to be raised up. He's to be spoken well of. He's to be complimented. He's to be loved. He's to have, you know, things said about him but I hear that all the time and it like rubs me the wrong way do not refer to your husband as another one of your kids you didn't birth him he's not your kid um, number two focus on what he does well okay example that I gave before he might Ted might not do anything that my dad does that I saw growing up but there are so many other things that he does well. And there's so many things that Ted does that my dad doesn't know how to do. And I don't think either one of them are terrible people. So tell your husband, you know, compliment him. Great job. Thank you for working so hard. Thank you for putting in the extra hours. Thank you for providing for this family. Thank you for being a great husband. You know, thank you. Even if it's a small thing, notice everything that they do. Thank you for putting the dishes away. Thank you for washing those dishes that were just sitting in the sink. Thank you, you know, wh whatever little thing that's not a normal thing that they do around the house, thank them. Thank them for, you know, being a, a, a godly man. Th just anything that they do, focus on what he does well and brag about it. Brag about him. All right, number three. Remember you married an imperfect human being, which goes along with Colossians 3, 13. We have to make room for each other's faults. We have to. Everybody's working on something. Everybody's fighting off the flesh, right? Everybody. 
Sometimes there's things going on that they're thinking about or a pressure or something doesn't mean that he's keeping something from you, but it just might be something he's working out with God. So you've got to make room for each other's faults. Includes friends, co-workers, family, husbands, wives. We have to make room for each other's faults. Number four, think before you speak. Ah, that's the hardest one. That's the hardest one. That's the hardest one. We as women, for some reason, are programmed to always want to say what's on our minds. <laughs> we have to fix our face because it could be on our face. It's on the sleeves of our shoulders. It's rolling off of our tongue. The Bible tells us to think, to be slow to speak. Quick, quick to listen, slow to speak. So we have to think before we speak. Think a, a rapid thought in the moment. Is this gonna cause more harm? Is this gonna cause the fight to prolong? Is this snarky comment going to uh, make a jab to my husband to um, make, make, you know, just because I want to get my point across. Think before we speak. All right? Um, consider your tone of voice before you speak and what you say. That one is definitely hard one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Consider your tone of voice before you speak and what we say. Um, it's the one thing I tell my kids right now all the time. Your tone. I'm saying it to my older one right now, Madeline. She might, might not be aggravated about anything, but she's coming in hot. Not to me, that's for sure, but to her brothers and her sisters. And I'll hear her upstairs and I'll be like, Maddie, fix your tone. I know you're not upset. I know your guys are playing or, you know, you're talking about something, but it's the way you come across, the way you say it is everything. Your tone is such a huge deal. Show that you trust them. And we talked about that, cultivating uh, respect, that you trust him. Listen, we're making a big decision here. I want you to pray about it. Um, I'm praying too. You know, I've had people come to me, husbands and wives, I've had wives come to me in the past and are saying, I really feel like we're supposed to move here or I really feel like we're supposed to do this, but my husband's not on board with it. Listen, don't nag him. Don't go after him over and over and over about it. You've already talked to him about it. You've already presented it to him. Now, go to the Lord in prayer. Like I said, the Holy Spirit, the Lord is going to be the main voice that um, is speaking to him, is speaking to him. So go, <clears throat> go to him about something and say, listen, I want to, you know, and I've told the wife this. I said, listen, you can't go above his decision. No matter how aggravated you are, no matter how quick to be like, I know we need to do this. You need to present it to the Lord because it has to be in unity and it has to be a decision that he's gonna go with, that he's gonna agree with. And so respecting him, going to him as the head of the home. And you know what? There's times where like, you know, even with giving over the years, 
you know, Ted and I aren't always together. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't always mean like on the same page. Like he, he could be, you know, somewhere else. He's on the platform. I'm down here. He's on the piano. I'm over here. And, and there's times where he's come to me and he's like, I'm giving so-and-so this. And I have to trust him. I know the benefits of sowing and reaping. So I have the revelation on that. And I know that Ted is uh, someone who hears from the Lord. And so whether I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think I would have given to that person, but I'm in unity with Ted and I'm gonna align my agreement up with him and trust that he's doing the right thing and trust that he's moving forward with this and trust that he's heard from the Lord. Um, build him up with your words, tell him that you admire him, affirm his ideas, love on your husband, tell him how wonderful he is, how handsome he is, not constantly rag on him about his looks or his weight. Yes, I'm sure we want our husband's to change physically sometimes. <laughs> Not sure how else to say it. Um, but for one, it has to be for health reasons, number one. I mean, the rest of it comes, but you want him around a long time. So when you tell him, I love you, you know, if that's something that he's battling, you, you love him no matter what. You married him, you know, knowing that as time goes on, we all change. But you tell him, I love you. You know, tell him you think he's sexy. <laughs> Sometimes we get embarrassed to talk to our husbands like that. But I mean, like, who else can we talk to our husbands about that and say those things to? Nobody. Nobody at all. So, I mean, you have it for, you, you get to do it for free for the rest of your life without getting in trouble. So, <laughs> go for it. Use words of affirmation. And so... Encourage them, hey, if this is something that's on your heart, don't nag them about, oh, I'm not going to buy you this anymore because I'm in charge and da 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 No, I'm telling you, I've seen the Holy Spirit do some crazy things when a wife goes and asks for them to speak to the husband and, and talk about health rather than coming at them in such a negative, nagging way. Guys just don't want to be nagged. I mean, we don't even like to be nagged, but guys really don't want to be nagged. Consider him in all your decisions. Your decisions, you know, I understand there's certain ones guys don't really care about. I'll go to Ted here and there for buying something for the house or picking out something. I'll, uh, uh, you know, here and there I'll pop in stuff. But consider him for decisions. Make him feel a part of what, what excites you, what inspires you. Make him feel a part of that. And pray for him. Pray for him, nine, and pray over him, 10. Pray, pray for him and pray over him. We should be praying for our husbands every day, praying for strength in their body, praying for healing. Just like I pray over my kids, I say, you know, no deadly thing, no disease, no virus, no, nothing's gonna come. I always say, Lord, they're in a bubble. I, I picture them in a bubble. Nothing's gonna come their way. It's gonna bounce right off. It's not gonna come near them. Pray for your husband for strength. Ask the Lord to give him God ideas that he's going to live long on the earth. 
thank, thank the Lord for putting them in your life. You know, sometimes, you know, we'll tend to treat other people, pray for them, be excited to do things for them rather than what we have in our own household. Never go outside of the household and do something greater for others that you're not going to do for your own family. Don't, don't, you think God only heals sickness and disease? No, he heals marriages. He heals broken heart. Healing is not just pertaining to a sickness and a disease. He'll heal. You feel like, hey, listen, geez, this stuff, I'm having a hard time. My husband and I, we go like this. God can heal anything. But I sometimes I really think we get that word healing in our mind and we're like, oh, he can heal a cold. He can keep me from getting COVID. But, you know, marriages, it just is what it is. No, he can heal that. But we have to work on being the best wife we can be, even when it's not easy, even when it's hard. Like I said, transparent today, I've had to work on things. I've had to catch my tongue. I've had to control my thoughts. I've had to be careful of my tone. But it's all something that we need to be reminded of and that respecting our husbands brings honor. Honor provides the blessings of God. Honor helps us to walk in our unity together in our marriage. So Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every woman watching, listening today. Lord, Help us to control our thoughts. Help us to control what we say. Help us to be the best wife possible. Lord, we want to not only honor our husbands, but honor you. Honor you in our ways. Honor you in our decisions and in our thoughts. Lord, we want to be a great example for others. We want to be a great example to our children. We want to be a great example to other people that represent Christ and are married. So Lord, no matter what heartache, what battle, what situation that has come into our lives, there's nothing that you can't fix. There's nothing that you can't mend. So Lord, I ask you now, if that's, that's a situation for, for ladies that are listening, that I ask you to go in and infiltrate, the Holy Spirit to infiltrate into their marriage that we walk on a new level of love and patience and kindness and respect each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I know these are not those shouting broadcasts, and I do like those, but, you know, we need to get this down pat. We need to focus on our families. We need to focus on what the Word of God says about being parents, about being a good wife, about honoring the Lord within our family. We have to. It's a must. Like I said, the, the other stuff, it, it's just, it's not, the devil wants to come in and break up what brings strength, right? And so he's going to come after. As soon as Christians get married, I know he works hard and overtime to go after it. As soon as we have kids, bam. He works overtime. He's going, he's going to go after that family unit. That is like a major thing right now. Broken families, broken families. And so that's not going to be our story in Jesus name. If you're watching and you're single, I know God's got someone special for you. I know that God has the right one 
for you. If you're a single mom right now, keep praying it in. Whatever your situation may have been, God has something for you. The ones who have hungered and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. You will be filled. And by being filled and walking uprightly, having the favor of God on your life, you, you make it plain to the Lord what you want. I, I just, <coughs> one of our partners, she just got engaged and she just got saved a few years ago. She's a single mom, split up. And um, she just got engaged to a wonderful, godly man. So don't feel like I went through a bad marriage. I don't want to do this again. I can't do this again. Uh, I lost my chance. Don't think of it that way. She turned her life around. She got saved. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. She made the Lord her first and foremost priority, made a request known to God, did her thing with the word of God and focused on that, and boom, came around. Now she's getting married later this year, happier than ever, families being restored. And so, you know, if you feel like, hey, I messed up, that's all right. There's forgiveness, mercy, grace from the Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't we all thankful for that? But I'm going to be doing a few more of these wife editions. If there's any questions or any topics that you would like me to touch on, shoot me a direct message, whether it be on Facebook, whether it be on Instagram, because um, I'd love to hear what, you know, what if there's particular topics. Maybe there might be one that several people send in and I'll be like, okay, well, that's one that everyone really wants to hear. Um, I'd love to love to talk on that with you. Uh, tomorrow morning, um, I'm going to be live at 11 o'clock on the Empowering Pastors Wives uh, page. Uh, Pastor Rhonda Spencer, who went home to be with the Lord on January 29th. I'll never forget because that was Madeline's birthday. Um, uh, she has left a phenomenal legacy and was I'm not, I, I will honestly say one of the best pastor's wives I've ever known. She was near and dear to my heart. And, um, but her family, so, so every Thursday, she got on and encouraged women. And um, I have been asked, and then to me, I hold it as a high honor to uh, keep her page going along with other ministers uh, that they have asked uh, to meet on Thursdays at 11. So. Um, I'll share it in the morning. If you can jump on, I'd love to see you. So that will be tomorrow at 11. And then I'll be back with you Friday at 2 o'clock for another broadcast and Carolyn's favorite giveaways. So I love you all so much. Thanks for hanging out with me. And I love to hear from you. And I'll talk to you later. See you tonight at 7 at Camp Meeting. Bye.